Thank you for showering us with your sweet, precious presence this morning. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name. And because we said the big amen. Would you jam those hands together for Jesus and celebrate him? Would you reach out to two or three people and tell them, welcome to church, it's good to see you. Welcome to church, it's good to see you. Please get comfortably seated in God's presence. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord is worthy. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Did your neighbor smile at you when you greeted him or her this morning? If your neighbor didn't smile, look at your neighbor and say, please smile, smile. Okay. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Morning. Amen. It's good to see you guys this morning. Amen. My pulpit has refused to stand. But thank God that God never falls. Mm-hmm. Vain is the trust of man. You put your trust in iron, they may fail you. You put your trust in God, it never fails. Amen. You know, there are times in your life you feel so boxed in. How many of you have been moments in your life that look so dark? And you, it's, so, it's so unclear. There's no, you don't even know what to do next. And in those darkest moments of your life, God is there with you. He's there with you not because you feel it. He's there, be, he's there with you because He said so. The Bible says that, Lo, I will be with you even to the end of the world. You don't have to feel it. We walk by faith, not by sight. The, the, the trap of the enemy is to make you feel or not feel God and to determine whether God is with you based on your feelings God is here this morning and he's here to save, he's here to heal there is nothing that God cannot do so if you can tap into this presence this morning and ask God the Lord whatever it is that is on your heart he can sort it out this morning praise the Lord Hallelujah. I said he can sort it out this morning no matter what it is. The enemy likes to put your eyes or put our eyes on the things that are not working. And let us forget the things that are working. You know, I said last year, when people were talking about their New Year resolutions and all, or how the year was ending. So we always feel bad at the year end. At the end of every year, the enemy plagues people with depression. He says, what have you gained this year? What did you get this year? This year you thought you were going to get married, you didn't get married. You thought you were going to get a job, you didn't get a job. You know, and when I checked my goals for last year, truth be told, there are many things I wanted to achieve last year that I didn't achieve. There are things I achieved. I achieved more than I didn't achieve. But there are things I did not put on my goals last year that God did for me. Number one, I did not put on my goals that my heart would keep beating. I didn't remember. How many people did in your goals that you will make sure that your heart is beating? You didn't remember. It was not part of your goals, but it is the beating of your heart that is present on the fulfillment of any other thing. I didn't put in my heart that my blood will keep flowing. I didn't remember to put in my heart that my kidney will be functioning. I didn't remember to put in my goals. And so when I look at all other things that God did for me that I didn't even ask, my heart began to be filled with gratitude. I didn't remember to put in my goals that I will be sane, that my mind will be correct. Do you know that it's because you can think well that you can know which of your goals didn't work? If you are a mad person on the streets, a mad person has no goals. A madman has no goals. Are you following me? The reason why you can look at your goals and say, this one didn't work, this one didn't work, this one didn't work, is because you are, your head is correct. 
Don't let your sanity be the reason why you blame God. He's responsible for the sanity of your mind. People that ran mad last year, you're not better than them. Are you following me? Are you following me? So the enemy likes to put our eyes on the things that are not working. Keeps us thinking of the things that we planned to do and didn't work. Okay, you're going to get married this year. You're going to go for your master's. I was going to go for my master's last year. I didn't go. I was going to do this. I didn't go. This didn't work. I was going to enter law school. I didn't enter. Blah, 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 blah. I want to get this. I don't. And then you begin to feel ungrateful. Someone say, Lord, I'm grateful. Say again, say, Lord, I'm grateful. God, it's been good to us. Thank you for your love. Amen. Last week we started talking about the urgency on a new generation. The urgency, the need for man. That the need of God in every generation is not a need of time. It's not a need of money. It's a need of man. Men are the limitations of God in every generation. The scarcity of the power of God in every generation is not the deficiency of God's power, but the scarcity of man to be used. Man. There is nothing that God does that doesn't do through man. Nothing. If he was going to heal the sick, he would heal the sick through man. If he was going to raise the dead, he would raise the dead through man. If he was going to separate Red Sea, he would need a Moses rod. He would always need. He would always need a man. If he was going to bring water out of the rock, he would need a Moses to speak to the rock. He would always need a man. If he was going to bring out his people from Egypt, he would need a man to send there. He does not need the number of warriors in Egypt to send to Egypt. He needs one man. He does not need more than one man. The Bible says Elijah was one man. The whole city was given to Baal worship. God found a man, Elijah. With one man, he slayed over 900 prophets of Baal. One man. And the need of God in every generation is the need of men. In the legal career, he needs men. In the medical career, he needs men. In economy, in entertainment, in family, in everything that God wants to do, he must do first when he finds a man. He says, I have found David. I have found David, a man after my own heart. With my holy oil have I anointed him. Someone say, Lord, find me. Every generation. Every generation. Every generation. The scarcity of a move of God. What do we call the move of God? The move of God is simply a move of a man that has yielded to God. There is no such thing as a move of God without a man. Are you following me? And when God finds a man, he anoints him. Last week we started talking about how the fact that God needs men in this generation. He doesn't have to look far. Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30. We read it last week. He said, I sought for a man among them. He does not need to look at U.S. to bring a man to Nigeria. It's saddening. Last three years, was it two years? Reynard Bonke was in Nigeria to do his handing over crusade. How many of you saw that handing over crusade in Lagos? And Reynard Bonke was in Nigeria handing over to, what's the name of that young man he handed over to? Hmm? Colenda. That guy is not, he's less than 40. 
Reynard Bonke had won 75 million souls to God. 75 million. One man. Some nations are not as much as 75 million people. Madagascar is not as much as 75 million. There are countries in Africa that are not as much as 75 million. One man in one lifetime can count one, two, three, four, five, one million, two million, 75 million people who had come to Jesus through him. And he was going to hand over in his lifetime. Not after he died. He handed over in his lifetime to his protege who said he was going to win 150 million souls to Jesus. They were doing the handing over crusade in Lagos. And Nigerian youths were arguing whether it was right to pay tight or not. Uselessness. These are foreigners. These are not Nigerians. God does not need a right now bonky to save Nigeria. He needs Nigerians to save Nigeria. These are men who have gone beyond the fight argument. Gone beyond the giving argument and now giving their own lives to the Lord. And could count 75 million people. And we're there clamoring over the internet. Whether it was right to pay tight or not. The need of God in every generation is men. I mean, I mean men. Please don't mistake. I'm not talking about the masculine. I'm talking about human beings. We read in Genesis chapter 2. It says, The Lord had not caused it to rain. Genesis chapter 2, verse 5. Because he did not find a man to till the ground. He will not cause it to rain. The rain of revival we are asking for will not come until God has found a man to till the ground. Are we, do we have men in this city to till the ground of Abuja? And say, Lord, pour yourself out again like you did in the earlier days. Can we have men like that? Men will take out their time to pray. Take out their time and say, Lord, wherever industry I find myself, I will be a shining light. I will be a city set upon the hill. I cannot be hidden. I will show forth your wisdom. I will show forth your power in these places. Whatever I'm doing, the need of God is a man. When he finds a man, he would anoint him. So last week we said that we spoke elaborately about that. Number two, I want to say the world is not just, it is not only God that is in need of men, the world is in need of men. The world, someone says the world. The world is in need of men. If you want to go to Romans chapter 8, it says the earnest expectation. The earnest expectation, Romans chapter 8, is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. You see, they are not waiting for God. Who are they waiting for? They are not waiting for God. In every generation, the world is waiting for men. The endless expectation of creation, Romans 8 verse 19, is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. Let's open the book of John chapter 4 verse 48 quickly. Someone open to Matthew 12 verse 39. John 4, John 4 48, Matthew 12 verse 39. John 4 48. Who's there? Yeah? 
unless they see signs and wonders, they will never believe. See now. Someone say until they see. First Corinthians 4, verse 20 says, The kingdom of God is not in word only, but in power. First Corinthians 2, verse 4 it says, My preaching and my speech was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but with the intervention of the spirit and of power. The world is not waiting for another grammar. The world is waiting for manifestations. Except they see wisdom. You know, wisdom can be seen. Wisdom can be seen. They spoke of Daniel. They said there is nobody like him in this country. Who, in whom the spirit of the gods live. The hardest situations in the country of Babylon, Daniel will solve it. By who? By the spirit of God. The wisdom of God. The power of God. The wealth of God. Look at Solomon. Solomon had answers for everything until they see the queen of Sheba came. An unbeliever. She came all the way. And he says, when I saw Solomon and I saw his palace and I saw the things that were there, he said, my spirit left me. He said, surely you serve a God. Until they see. Until they see. When I say Jesus can heal the sick, until they see it. It's easier to preach to a sick person who's gotten healed that's not who has not gotten healed. You know what I'm talking about? It's easier. If I want to get somebody saved now, it's easier for me to talk to them about Jesus. But it's far easier for them to accept Jesus if they are sick in their body and I heal them first. And you don't have to be saved to be healed. There is no one saved person that Jesus healed in the Bible. There was no born again Christian in the Bible when Jesus was alive. Because you couldn't even be born again that Jesus died. There is no body that was born again that Jesus healed. In fact, they called one man. They said, who healed? He said, I don't know him. John chapter 9. He said, I don't know him. I have prayed for Muslims. There was a lady who was, who was dumb. Couldn't speak. She got attacked in her sleep. Couldn't sleep. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't speak the next morning. And at night, 13 in the night, my friend called me that, Philip, I've been trying to get you. I've been trying to get you. There's a lady who woke up from her sleep and couldn't talk from morning to night. She wrote in the paper that she ate something in her sleep and she woke up and couldn't talk. That was around 9 30 in the night. I said, I, I can't go there, it's already late. He said, Don't worry, I've told them to call you. You pray for her over the phone. Took the phone when they called me. I said, Is anybody there? He said, I said, Put your hands on her. He said, I rebuke every power of the devil. I come against everything the enemy has planted in your sin. I command you to vomit it now. He said, She's shaking, she's shaking. I said, Leave her, she'll be fine. I switched off the phone, got into my room. I said, who are you talking to in the room? In the, in the car, because I was in the car. I just came down from church. I said, it was one lady that said she couldn't talk. But I prayed for her. Maybe I'll check out the next, the next morning. My phone rang. I barely finished speaking. My phone rang. They called me. She was already talking. She was already talking fluently. They brought her to church the next Sunday. She wasn't saved. We had to lead her to Christ. You can be healed before you are saved. I mean, if I were going to pray for a madman now, how do I lead him to Christ first? A madman possessed with demons say, see after me, Father, Lord Jesus, you have a how do I how do I achieve that? He will slap you. Bah! 
get that demon out first, then his mind can be free to receive Jesus. So it's easier to get people saved when they are healed. Until they see, they will not believe. I pray for Muslims. I don't even ask people first whether they are saved before I pray for them. I just ask them, do you want to be healed? They say yes. Because he has given me power over all the works of the devil. Including the one in my house and the one in my neighbor's house. He says, see, today, I give power to tread upon snakes and scorpions and over all the power of Satan and nothing shall by any means hurt you nothing. I've prayed for people in the bus. Prayed for people mistakenly, accidentally, even gotten people healed without knowing. Because he has given me power over how many Satan? Over all. When God wants to reach out to a nation, he sends a man there. I'm going to explain this before we finish. So I said, the world is also looking for men. Now, when God finds a man, he will send the man out of an encounter. God never sends his people without an encounter. That is why you cannot be sent on another man's revelation. Are you following me? It says, arise and shine. Is that what the Bible says? chapter 60? For what? For your own light. You see, it's not your pastor's light. For your light. You cannot rise and shine on someone else's light. God will never send anybody without first equipping him in an encounter. I have my own encounter. You should have your own encounter with God. Moses has an encounter with God at the burning bush. You know that burning bush? Hallelujah. You know the burning bush was burning. Moses says, let me look and see why this bush is not burnt. Moses says, God spoke out of the fire. He said, Moses, Moses. He says, who are you? He said, I'm the Lord God of your father. He says, remove your shoes. And God with stands, he's holy. And Moses went on his knees. And there Moses got an encounter with God. That encounter did not change his stuttering. You know, I said that last week. That there is no, there is no personal weakness. When I mean weakness, maybe you are short or you are tall or you think you are too fat or you are too slim or all those seeming weakness are not an entrance to the move of God in your life. He sent him to Egypt. Sent Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6. He says, here I am. Send me. You know that's what he said. He says, here I am. Is that what he said? Open Isaiah chapter 6 verse 6. Who shall go for us? Isaiah chapter 6. Verse 8. What does it say? Thank you. Wait, they're firm. You see what God is saying? God is saying, Who shall I what? Who shall I say? God is still asking that question to today. Someone says, Send me. Say it, convince. Say, Send me. One day I was watching Bishop Oedipo. And I have a lot of biographies like that. Watched A. Allen. Watched all those guys. You see, the, the expressions of God's power through my ministry came out of deep hunger. Out of deep dissatisfaction. 
when I saw my fellow human beings and I saw what they are doing for God. Someone say my fellow human beings. Because they are not super human beings. When I watched Dowser and I watched Oedeku and I watched Pastor Adebu and I watched all these folks and I said, God! Where will my uncle? One day I took a book I was reading, Greater Works by Smith Goswat. And I read about how he rose people from the dead. How he died. And I said, and I took that book and I flung it out of annoyance. I said, God, if you don't do those things in my life, then it's a lie. Why? Why do you have all those and I can't have mine? He says, who shall I send? Who shall go for? What did Isaiah say? Then, then said I. Yes. Here am I. Here am I. say here. Sit down. Here, here, not there. Eh? What did he say? What it says is proximity to God. God sends men from himself. He sends men from his presence. He sends men from personal encounters with him. He doesn't send men from a distance. He didn't say, there I am. He says, here. Right there. Here I am. Send me. Speaking about John the Baptist, he said, John the Baptist is a man sent from God. Not a man sent for God. Sent from where? From God. From an encounter. He will not send you if he has not given you an encounter. I have my own encounters. I've had several encounters with God, but I have some are very, very catchy in my life. I never forget them. It was in those encounters that I got the touch of God on my life. You should have one too. I was praying in tongues. Femme, you know that basketball pitch side? There's a truck. There used to be a trailer. Beside IBI. There's one IBI insurance. I will never forget. Yes, I can't forget those things. And I was praying there. I prayed in tongues for five hours. That day. And I made up my mind I was going to pray in tongues the next day for five hours. 10 o'clock in the night to 3 a.m. Now, it's not a, it's not a formula. I say, okay, okay. I think that's how to get it. Let me go and pray in tongues for five hours. That's not it. That's not it. But that's what I decided. In my, I proposed in my own mind to do. You can do have your own purpose. Are you following me? So I said, Lord, I'm going to come back tomorrow. And the Lord says, I'm going to talk to you on the third day. The third day, I'm going to speak to you. And on the third day, I came there praying for five. Because I came second day, praying for five hours. Five hours. The third day, I started praying in tongues. And at about the second hour, because I was really watching that because God said he was going to meet with me. I wasn't, I didn't know I was going to meet with him, whether he was going to knock me or it was going to, I didn't know. I just saw a flash. I was down on my face. By the time I looked up, I saw the clouds of heaven open visibly like a curtain. It was so beautiful. There is nothing on earth I can use to describe the beauty I saw that day. Nothing on earth. And I saw as though God sat on the throne and tilted to look at me. I struggled to get up. I couldn't get up. The Bible says no flesh can glory in his presence. You see, that is why when we get to heaven, we must have glorified bodies. Because we won't be able to stand. Angels will have to be carrying us everywhere. Like this. When we get to heaven, except we have glorified bodies. That's how people fall under the anointing. The power of God hits people on the floor. So people can be on the floor for hours under the power of God. I struggle, I struggle, and the Lord so I said, you cannot get up. I would never forget the things he said to me that night. From an encounter. 
personal encounter with God. Are you following me? Are you following me? God sends men from himself. When he has found them, he said, I have found David. I have found David with my holy oil. I've anointed him. And I'm going to use him. He sends men from an encounter. Say, Lord, give me my own encounter. Say it, but he said, Lord, give me an encounter with you. I don't want to live a life without an encounter. I don't want to live a life without a story with God. When he finds men, he sends them from himself. So what qualifies a man to be used by God? Quickly, give me, come on, somebody has a bottle. A bottle. Let me give you an illustration. You have a bottle. That would work. It would work perfectly, trust me. What qualifies men to be used by God in every generation? What? There are different kinds of vessels. We have dirty vessels. We have clean vessels. We have vessels of gold. We have old vessels. This is a vessel. You understand? What qualifies me to be used of God in a generation? What? How do I position myself to be used of God in a generation? Now when I say use, please don't mistake me for speaking about a pulpit. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Not every, not everyone is called to stand behind the pulpit. But there's nobody called to just sit down on the pews. Nobody. God has not called anybody to just sit down on the pews. Ever. There must be something that God has called you to. It doesn't even have to be with a mic. Are you following me this morning? Very good. What does God look for in a vessel? Now look at this vessel. The first thing this vessel has is that it has an opening. Open for It has an opening. Please follow me. It has an opening to receive. Do you have an opening? Do you have an opening this morning to receive? Or you are closed up? Do you have an opening to receive? No matter how beautiful this vessel is, if it cannot open, it is useless. Are you open to God this morning? Are you open to receive a revelation? Are you open to receive a message for your generation? Are you open? Are you closed up with your own issues? Are you closed in with your own problems? Are you so bogged in with your own matters that you don't even have any single opening to receive something for your generation? That boy with five bread and two fishes. He thought those bread were his lunch. That's a food for a generation. What you thought was five bread was going to feed the 5,000. Are you closing with your own hunger, with your own satisfaction that you have no space to receive for a generation? This church is an opening. 
I could have been closed in. Are you following me? I could have been closed in with my own matters that I didn't even have time to start church. Are you following me? I can be so bothered with my own work, with my own family. And I'm so concerned about sending my children to school and I'm going to get them a very good place, a befitting education, that I don't even have any opening to receive a word for a generation. Do you have an opening this morning? Am I making sense? Do you have an opening? You know when Pharaoh brought this water, he thought it was that water. She thought she was just going to keep it in that place and been drinking it at a regular intervals. But God has a need. Are you keeping the things that God could use for a world? Are you holding back to a gift? Holding back to a talent? Holding back to a potential? Are you holding back because you are so boxed in with your own matters that you can't even receive for your generation? What are your dreams about? Are your dreams just about you traveling to Canada? Flying away out of this province of this worry matter? If only I can go out to Canada. I can be saved. But I need a man among them. I'm not saying you should not go to Canada. Eh? Are you so bothered that everything that concerns you, concerns you? I've met IBK for about 10 years. I've known IBK for about 10 years. We met in a place of ministry. It is ministry that still kept us together till now. I'll be there at his wedding because of ministry. I'll be there when he's naming his children because of ministry. But we never met. Till today, IBK's name is saved on my phone after his fellowship, IBK ASF. It's the same like that. Because I met him in a Glinka Students Fellowship on ministry in 2008. Till today, he's still saved as IBKASF. When he's 50 years old, it will still be IBKASF because that's how we met. Are you following me? You see, if your name is saved as anything SLC, you are lucky. <laughs> if I save your name as also SLC, you are, you are, you are, you are fortunate. <laughs> ministry I met him on the platform of ministry to today ministry has come. the same thing with Femi Edith Young I was doing outreaches to law school Edith Young name is saved as Edith Young NLS SA <laughs> platform of ministry if I was so boxed in with my own life, there will be no expression. Number two, do I have capacity to keep? How big is my belly? Can I receive for a world? How big is my belly? Can I receive for five people? Can I receive for ten people? Can I receive for a million people? The capacity of this vessel will determine how much can be poured into it. Can I receive for a city? Can I receive for a continent? Can I receive a word for a nation? How big is my belly? For out of your belly shall flow 
rivers of living water. How big is my belly? Some people have small bellies. Some people have tiny bellies. I have a friend, his name is Bishop. He has a very big belly. He just left here now. People that have belly that can receive for a world. Paul had a belly to receive for generations. He says, unto me is the gospel given. Ah! He said, for he called me and sent me to the Gentiles. Paul was one man army. Nobody was preaching to the Gentiles except Paul. You are the 12 disciples preaching to Jews. You have one Paul preaching to the rest of the world. One Paul. Today, to turn of the New Testament written by Paul. Somebody say belly. Capacity to receive. Look at this bottle. I cannot pour more into this bottle than it can take. Bible says, for when the vessel finished, what happened? The oil ceased. Anytime you have no more capacity, say, Lord, this one is too much. I cannot handle this. Is the one to keep me? Am I the only one? Is he only me? Amy? Every day, call me, call me, call me, call me, call me. Am I the only one here? And God says, ah, sorry, you. Shut down. The flow stopped. Are you wondering why there's no more flow like before? God is opening doors, opening doors, opening doors before you started complaining. Because for every responsibility is a blessing in disguise. Every responsibility. Joseph was asked to check on his brothers. That was when he was sent to destiny. David was asked to give food to his brothers in the battlefront. That was where he met with destiny. Every responsibility is a blessing. But if I keep complaining, why are they always calling me? Because it's ah, sorry, we cut it. How big is your capacity? Do you have a capacity to feed a generation? That's in book of John chapter 3, verse 17. For God sent his son to save the world. Jesus had capacity for the world. Amen. God does not determine the level or the extent of what you get. He said to Joshua, anywhere the soul, please, you see, I'm teaching prophetically this morning. Anywhere the soul of your feet treads, Damnola, what did God tell Joshua? Everywhere the soul of your feet treads, what will I do to you? I have given it to you. It is a promise and an instruction that anywhere the soul of your feet does not tread, you will never get it. So if you tread Abuja, what will I do to Abuja? I give it to you. If you go and start treading Lagos, what do I do to you? If I say I'm tired, I cannot tread again. What happens to you? Shut down. So who determines how large the land of Joshua is? Eh? Is it God? It's not God. When I enlarge my capacity, it keeps filling it in. It keeps filling it in. We are going to Calabar in a matter of months for SLC Calabar. When I went to Lagos to do SLC Lagos, we had the mighty outpouring of God's power there. People were healed, people were delivered. The presence of God was so strong. Somebody called me. He said, Bro, Philip, 
can you really, 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 really tell me that God gave you a specific instruction to go to Lagos, to Odessa's? I said, no. I said, but you have told me to go to the world. And the last time I checked, Lagos is part of the world. We will go everywhere. We will go everywhere where human beings are. He says, go to the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That was the difference between Paul and the rest. Paul went. Paul says, I do not even think as if I apprehended anything. He said, I keep, I keep forgetting the things that are behind. No matter what I've achieved, I forget my failures, I forget my success. Because your success can hold you back as much as your failure can. following me. Say, forget what I've achieved. Acts chapter 16. Paul wanted to go preach in a place. The Bible says the Holy Ghost stopped him. Wanted to go preach in Asia. The Holy, it takes the Holy Ghost to stop Paul. It doesn't take Satan. If you stop Paul and keep him in a prison, he will write a letter. He will write a letter to the Romans from the prison and now you have killed yourself because you, you made him write a letter. Because now me, who is not even a Roman, will read that letter. Because you kept Paul in the prison. You can stop Paul. He says, though I'm in chains, the word of God is not in chains. That's what Paul said. Capacity. Capacity to receive for a world. Are you able to receive a song that will liberate the world? Or you just want to sing one sugar sugar song that will just save your village. It says you are a city set upon the hill. You are the light of what? This is the light of your church? This is the light of your church? The light of what? The world. It says in your seed shall the families of the earth be blessed. Not just your own personal family. You have capacity to receive. Number three, can you keep in quality that was given to you? Can you keep what you have received in the same quality with which it was given to you? For instance, if this vessel, anything I point to it, if it dirties it, because it is dirty within, I will not be able to drink out of it. Are you following me? Are you following me? If every time I pour into this vessel, I pour out contaminated substance, I will throw it away. Can you keep what God has given to you in the quality with which he gave it to you? And not adulterate it. Can you leave your revelation untouched? Can you agree that you will not allow trend, changes in trend, changes in fashion, changes in message to contaminate the message that you got from. Are you, are you following me this morning? Contaminate a message that God gave to you. Now because you got a message in the prayer place for a generation. And so someone say, ah, that thing is not, it's no longer raining. It's another thing people are doing now. You now try to change it. To change the color. So that it can fit in in what they said is the trend. And God has called it to be unique. God has called it to be a salt to the earth. You know that salt is not sugar. He didn't say it's sugar of the earth. What did he say? 
Do you know that salt is not sweet? Am I making sense? Salt is not sweet. I can, I, I, I can put sugar in my mouth. Some people might not because, oh, well, I'm checking my weight. But some people are afraid to put sugar in their mouth and they don't feel awkward. But you can hardly pour salt into your mouth. Do you know why? Salt is not sweet. One. Two. Salt does not change the color of the food. It gives it taste. It doesn't change the taste. If I put salt in beans, it only brings out the inherent tastes in beans. Salt is used to cure wound. All those iodine spirit that they use are very strong salt solution substances. That's why if you, are, if you have injury and you go to a beach, you see that when the mother touches your leg or something, you start because there's salt in that water. And it gets healed faster. Salt preserves. People preserve, in the olden days, people preserve meat with salt. Salt is, is not sugar. You are not a sugar-coated person. You are a salt-coated. You are not sent to make your generation happy. You are sent to give them taste. I am not sent to make you happy. I am sent to make you happy. saying might not be sweet to your mouth or sweet to your ears, but it will make you. That's what I'm saying. I don't have to change what I'm saying to fit into your likes. Do you have the capacity to keep in the same quality what was delivered to you? Number four. Can you refuse to drink what was given to you? decide that this thing that is given to you, you are not going to use it for yourself. I'm saying book of Hosea chapter 8. It said, Israel is a fruitless vine, empty vine. He bringeth forth fruit unto himself. If every time I pour water into this vessel, by the time I come back, it has drank it. Now that's where I'm going. If I pour water and I want to drink and it has drank it, throw it away. Because you have forced a storage device. There is nothing that God has placed on your life that is for your personal benefit. Am I, are you following me this morning? Some of you think that you are able to sing because of yourself. That's why people have monetized the gospel. That's why somebody says you cannot come and sing. They pay one million. Because they have turned the quality of what gave to, God gave to them to their personal benefit. Are you following me? When I give you something, God says, give this to your generation. Then you monetize it. Say, so if you don't give me money, I'll not give it to you. If you don't sow seed, the people that say we should sow seed before they get prayed for, if you don't sow seed, we will not pray for you. Have you, have you had another time before? That's absolute, absolutely erroneous. Anything God gives to you, He gives to you for a purpose. The anointing of God on my life does not heal my sickness. Me. I have seen people who said I just touched them and they got healed. And there are times I have been sick. And I have to believe God for my own healing. 
the anointing that God gave me for the healing anointing of my life is not for me. God, Jesus Christ gave the bread to the disciples and said, give it to the people. That's why it multiplied. Any disciple that ate that bread will have nothing to give to the people. They were equally hungry. But they said, 12 basket full waiting for each of them after the distribution. I hold it up and hit it now. I say, I will side bend. I will side bend. I will side bend. I cannot come and die. Let me set myself first. You set yourself first. Then you think, you, it, 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 the, the bread did not multiply in the hands of Jesus. It multiplied in the hands of the disciples. What is given to you is for your generation, not for you. It's not a time to make money. That was what Elisha was hungry at Gezi. He said, is it time to collect clothes? Is it time? Is it time? Naaman was leprous. Naaman came to meet Elisha. Elisha didn't even come out. Elisha said, go and bathe on the river Jordan seven times. Well, Naaman came back with goodies. Elisha said, no, carry your things with you. You know what Elisha said? What Naaman said? Naaman said, because you have refused to collect this from my hands, I will go to my nation and build an altar unto God. Because Elisha wanted that sense of indebtedness to be in the heart of Naaman. And you did not pay for this thing. If Naaman had paid, then he would not have, he would feel in his heart that he has paid for the healing. And when Giasi went back to collect it, Elisha said, how can you do that? How can you take money? For this thing. That's why we have politicians that pay their tithe in churches. And they, and, they, and they starve Nigerians because they have paid their conscience away. In their mind, they have paid God. Because the pastor collected it. The pastor collected that money. In their mind, they have paid away. Now they can, they, can, they can do whatever they want. Because God has collected his own parts. Whatever is given to you is not for you. It's for a generation. The last one I'll close is that you have an opening to pour it back. You have an opening so when I come to your life, I say, what I put in your life, I need it back. You're able to yield it. Everything that God gives to you, He gives to you for a generation. You determine the capacity. If you are willing today to be that man that the whole generation will look up to, that man that stories will be written about. You know, as I am now, I have already noted down what will be written on my gravestone. When I die, I've noted down what they are going to write on my gravestone. And I have come back to my present and I'm running very fast so that when I die, it will not be a lie. Are you following me? I am answerable and accountable to. Paul says this gospel was given to us in trust. In trust. It's not our own. Take and help us give it to the people. A man that God will use will be a vessel. Like I've described it. 
I don't know what industry you are in today or what part of life you are or what God has called you to do today. But I want to encourage you that you will determine in your life that your life will be a vessel in God's hands. That you will not be closed in because of your own needs. I didn't look at this I trust. Now me. That you will not be boxed in because of your own issues. You will not allow your personal issues stop you from being a blessing. There were times that Jesus Christ was tired. There were times he was so tired. There was one time the Bible says he was weary in John chapter 4. He sat at the well and he was hungry. But he saw a Samaritan woman. And he saw that from this woman, I can get this whole city. Disciples came and says, Master, your food. He said, no. He said, I have a meat that you know not of. He said, for my meat is to do the will of God and to finish it. And he was going to sacrifice his own personal satisfaction. To see a people saved. What is your sacrifice today? Are you doing anything for the world? Today, what are you doing? Is everything you are doing going back to yourself like a dead sea? Or there's an opening in your life flowing out to a world outside you? Is there an opening in your life flowing out to the world outside you? Rest on your feet. I want you to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost just briefly. Pray in the Holy Ghost. 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 Pray in the Holy Ghost.